It's Cookie Lab. Hi and welcome to Cookie Lab. I'm Jill. And I'm Chris. And as promised, I have a pre-Halloween spooky tale to tell that goes along with a delicious cookie. This is perfect. I can't wait. We are making pumpkin cookies. And they look enticing. We have made pumpkin cookies. They are made with canned pumpkin. The recipe comes from DearChrissy.com. And... Is that your website, Chrissy? <laughs> no, it's somebody else who have stolen my name. But it's got um, softened butter, granulated sugar. It's got no brown sugar in it, which I noticed as I was baking. And baking powder and soda and salt and ground cinnamon and nutmeg and the the canned pumpkin. So it reminds me of pumpkin bread. Mm, I love pumpkin bread. In cookie form. I mean, who doesn't? Yeah. And you made the apple cider donut in cookie form. So if this is pumpkin bread in cookie form, I'm sure you've succeeded. I, and, but I think the texture will be a little different than pumpkin bread. Okay. But I wanted to tell a tale before we tasted the cookie. The Okay. You know, because pumpkins... Gather round, listeners. Pumpkins have been around for a long, long time. The oldest pumpkin seeds have been found in Mexico and date back to somewhere between 7,000 and 5,500 B.C. Really old. Yeah. But I wanted to talk about the practice of carving jack-o'-lanterns because that's what we do with pumpkins, right? That's one of the things we do with them. Did you know, Jill, that it was brought to the Americas by Irish immigrants? Uh, this is a No, I did not know that. I never think of Ireland with jack-o'-lanterns. No. No. In their homeland, the Irish used to carve jack-o'-lanterns out of... What do they have a lot potatoes. of? Potatoes. That's right. But arri- now that we're talking about it, like the O apostrophe lantern does seem like it's Jack, you know, O'Sullivan, O'Malley. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they found when they got to the Americas that the pumpkins were a lot easier to carve than potatoes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, did they have to hollow out the whole potato? First of all, this would have to be a big potato. Right, yeah. But what's even more interesting is that the tradition of the jack-o'-lantern comes from an Irish legend about a na- man named Stingy Jack. Okay. Are yeah. you going to tell us about Stingy Jack? Yeah, according to the legend, Stingy Jack invited the devil to have a drink with him. And true to his name, Stingy Jack didn't want to pay for his drink, so he convinced the devil to turn himself into a coin that Jack could use to buy their drinks. And once the devil did that, Jack decided to keep the money, not pay for the drink, and put the put it the coin into his pocket next to a no, but the no, silver cross. The, no, the but the money was the devil. Exactly. But it was next to a silver cross, which prevented the devil from changing back into his original form. So, eventually, Jack freed the devil under the condition that he would not bother Jack for one year. And that if Only Jack died... Year. Well, I know, he, was, he wasn't smart Jack, he was just stingy Jack. And, and there was a condition that when he died, the devil would not claim his soul. 
The next year, Jack again tricked the devil into climbing into a tree to pick a piece of fruit. While he was up in the tree, Jack carved the sign of a cross into the tree bark so the devil could not come down until the devil promised Jack not to bother him for another 10 years. Is the devil this foolish that he can be tricked by Stingy De Jack, who is twice. not even smart enough to lock up the devil? Right, twice. And the first time it was only like, okay, I'll give you a year. I mean, I'm just saying Stingy Jack is, he's, he is, uh, I'm confused. I'm confused. Foolish as well as Stingy. But, but like smart enough to fool the devil? Yeah. Well, the devil apparently likes fruit. <laughs> and... Pockets. And, and pockets. <laughs> and it was a, intrigued by Jack's pocket. Well, anyways, soon after Jack died, as the legend goes, God would not allow such an unsavory figure into heaven. As Stingy Jack. Yes. The yeah. devil, upset by the trick that Jack had played on him and keeping his word not to claim his soul, would not allow Jack into hell. So he sent Jack off into the dark night with only a burning coal to light his way. Jack put the coal into a carved out potato and has been roaming the earth ever since. Oh my God. The Irish began to refer to this ghostly figure as Jack of the Lantern and then simply Jack-o-lantern. Chris, I can't believe I've never heard this story before. I've been to to Ireland more times than I have like fingers to count on and I have book after book of children's Irish mythology that I re have read to my children as they were growing up and I've never encountered this. I I was so excited when I came across this Irish tale. Thank you so much for sharing it with me and the Cookie Lab listeners. I know it it gives you your money's worth for <laughs> for logging in and downloading Cookie Lab today. Anyway. All I was going to say was, did you know... What? That the biggest pumpkin record has been broken <gasps> at the Topsfield Fair. A, a farmer from Tingsboro, Mass, took home first prize for his pumpkin that weighed 2,480 pounds... Breaking the fair's wow. all-time record. Congratulations to Jamie Graham of Tingsboro, Mass. Congratulations. I hope that Jamie is making a lot of pumpkin cookies because mm -hmm. this recipe that we have posted from uh, Chrissy makes 60 cookies. Oh, that's a good amount of cookies. From one 15-ounce can of pumpkin. <laughs> So, that stuff goes a long way. Yeah, it can go a long way. And I, in fact, cut it in half. I cut the recipe in half because I didn't need Yeah, because that's, cookies. do you even know 60 people anymore? That's no. like right. larger than scientists say you should have in your brain. Are you ready to taste this? Well, I'm not. And here's why. Because it's still hermetically sealed in the container you gave me. So let me open it up. Okay, now I'm ready. Okay, it sounded more like a can of peanut brittle trick candy than it did. Oh, like where the snake a pops out? container, yeah. And right. um, you listed all the ingredients, Chris, and you described uh, the cookie, but you, you didn't mention 
now that I've opened the container, I see it has a dollop of frosting on it. Oh, yes, it does. As a matter of fact, it does have a dollop of frosting. And unlike a frosting that I've made before, it has a half a cup of melted butter, a half a cup of brown sugar, a quarter cup of milk, a little bit of vanilla, and then powdered sugar added until you get the desired consistency so it's like mm-hmm. three three to four cups of powdered sugar um mm-hmm. so that makes a lot of frosting mm-hmm. once and again, there's I your ha- there's your brown sugar yeah. there's your brown sugar you were looking for in your um dough. oh very good jill yeah so we've got the whole cookie experience here all right let's eat it it's soft it's supposed to be soft and chewy it is it's like pumpkin bread in a cookie you did it <laughs> Yeah, it Chris is. Does it again, folks? Mm. Perfect pumpkin cookie. Great for the October holidays. And you don't have to be like Stingy Jack with these cookies because it makes Mm-mm. a lot. One can yeah. of pumpkin puree makes a lot. Give them out to all your friends, all 60 of all your 59. friends. All 59. Well, you need one for yourself. So. Oh, yeah. I love it. You know it's good when I'm not talking. <laughs> I think my husband will want to know about these because he can just keep handing them to me and enjoy the silence. Are you on to cookie number two now? <laughs> Why not? It's, They're not that big. It's dangerous. You've got a you've got an entire container of them in front of you. Thirty of them. I'll save those for my kids. Mm. Thank you. I think this cookie needed the frosting. It completely I mean, without it. the frosting, it would be kind of like a you know you were having a pumpkin muffin for breakfast. But even some of those muffins have some like frosting, uh, just mm-hmm. a few stripes of frosting on them. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's appropriate. Excellent. Well, let's go to the pumpkin itself for our science today. I wanted to tell you something before you get to the science because you mentioned carving the jack o' lanterns, and I've been seeing a lot of people take a pumpkin and kind of start carving just the eyes and the mouth, and then putting it out for their chickens. Oh, yeah, we always give our, our jack-o'-lantern to our chickens when we're done with it. I do, too, but this is different. This is you you scrape off a little bit in the shape that you want it to be, put it out for the chickens. The chickens then peck that area, and they ho- do the carving for you. They hollow out. How do they know to do that area? That's fascinating. We will have to look at, we'll, we'll have to try this out in the farm lab. I think we should try that with our chickens this year. I I will totally do that. It's interesting that you brought up the pumpkin itself. Jill, do you think the pumpkin is a fruit or a vegetable? It's a gourd. There were two choices in this multiple choice <laughs> test. Not other. Okay, well, as our friend Peter B. says, everyone knows mm-hmm. that tomatoes are a fruit, and everyone also knows that they don't belong in a fruit salad. So True. I predict you're going to tell me that they're a fruit because the seeds are on the inside. But aren't the seeds on the inside of the cucumber and the pepper? Also, Maybe they're all fruit. Also fruits. Okay. Yeah. Did I get it? Did I get the gold you, sticker? You got it. You you get you can have another pumpkin cookie. Oh, thanks. Uh, yes, they are technically a fruit. And on Cookie Lab, we love science. So we're going to go with the scientific definition of these things. A fruit is a mature, ripened ovary along with the contents of the ovary. And the ovary is a reproductive structure in the plant flower. It serves to enclose and protect the ovules 
from the youngest stages of flower development until the oval ovule becomes fertilized and turns into seeds. I think we're going to need some kind of like explicit Parental. label on well, this episode of the podcast. <laughs> that sounded really like a like the talk if you know what I mean. <laughs> so, the pumpkin is in the winter squash family, cucurbitaceae, which includes cucumbers and melons. I'm fascinated by what you just said because there's a farm in our town called Cucurbit and I never knew why it was called that. I think that's a, oh, I don't know. Interesting. I always just assumed that that was their last name. But, no, I think it's what they grow. Oh, cool. Right? Very cool. Yeah. Every single part of the pumpkin is edible. The skin, the leaves, the flowers, the pulp, the seeds, the stems. The stem is where I was going to question you, but okay. Yeah. And interestingly, pumpkins float. They are 92% water. Okay. One year I participated in an underwater pumpkin carving contest with my... <laughs> sounds like fun. Yeah, it was. With my scuba diving group. And we all put on our scuba diving stuff. We sat at the bottom of a lake and we carved pumpkins. And then we let them go and they went... Floated right up to the top. <laughs> I thought you were going to say we let them go and they swam back to their spawning ground. Oh, yes, where more pumpkins are made. Um, and so the last little piece of interesting information I have for you, and you probably have heard parts of this, but parts of it are new to me, as a matter of fact. Pumpkins with other forms of squash were historically important food staple among Native Americans. And they would grow the squash along riverbanks next to their maize and beans with a planting technique that was called the Three Sisters Method. Have you heard of the Three Sisters? Yes, I know of the Three, Swiss, the three Sisters as like squash, corn, and beans. So yeah, are you, you saying pumpkin is like a fourth sister or like it's one of the squashes? It's one of the squashes. Okay. Now, the I didn't know that the Three crops sustained each other in the following way the corn serves as a trellis that the yeah. beans could climb up beans were nourished by the sunlight and kept the corn stalks stable on windy days to stabilize the corn while also nourishing the soil they they break down nitrogen the beans break down nitrogen in the soil and the pumpkins sheltered the corn's shallow roots because if you've ever seen a pumpkin vine, right, they're pretty thick and, mm -hmm. and they cover a lot of space and they prevent weeds from taking hold. Mm -hmm. And so those three things were always grown together because they helped one another grow. Brilliant. I thought that the, they were just successful in growing those three things, the three, three sisters that would sustain them through the winter. But no, the plants sustain each other themselves. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't know that. And there's a little, just a little tiny bit of pumpkin science for you on Cookie Lab. And so. And did, and did you know. What? That in the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown Halloween episode a classic that at first snoopy the dog was walking <laughs> on all fours and that changed halfway through so look for that when you watch the great pumpkin charlie brown this year and make some pumpkin cookies and eat them and as you're watching them 
and you're just popping them one into another, you might need to say to one of your 60 friends who's watching it with you, keep your Snoopy paws off my cookies. Off my great pumpkin cookies. All right. Next week, the Halloween spooktacular. Hooray! Hooray. (laughs) See you next week, Jill. See you then. Bye. It's Cookie Lab.